Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. I want to bless you right now to receive more from God of His goodness and revelation, and that you'd be filled with the compassion of Christ this morning, the confidence and boldness that comes from the Holy Spirit, and that you would know His help today. Um, Church, it is really good to see you all. Um, We're in strange times, aren't we, when we're getting a heat wave in Scotland. And uh, I I did have another outfit for today, I'm not going to lie. I had the pressed Hawaiian shirt, I had the boardies, I had the flip-flops, and then there was rain this morning. So I've left that at home. Um, Maybe if there's another heat wave another time, uh, that'll get pulled out. Um, But uh, I want to welcome anyone here for the first time. Um, I came to Glasgow here 13 years ago, wanted to come to church, didn't know anyone, Um, and this has been such a life-giving place. Um, So stay in, get connected. Um, I'm sure uh, God will do that same thing in your life. Um, This will be a life-giving place for you. Okay, we're in a season, uh, summer series, looking at uh, the life of Paul, lessons from the life of Paul. And I think he's a really interesting character. He's prolific in the Bible, Um, He was rebellious uh, against God. He was uber-religious, as we see him when when we get to see his his story in the Bible. And then he had an encounter with Jesus that radically changed uh, the direction of his life. He traveled all around the Mediterranean. Um, He wrote 30% of the New Testament, um, which is a massive uh, massive, uh, thing that we can read, that we're going to read through today. Evidence for what, what was done. It just shows us what a life laid down for God looks like. And I think if we look at Paul and think, that guy is not like my life, I can, I can, you know, that is just so far out of my comprehension. I think we can remember today that, that he had no more or less potential than we do right now. And this is what a life laid down, given to God, looks like. So I hope that encourages us as we read from Paul's story. And we're going to look at his account in the Bible, what it has to say about sharing faith. That's the, the focus we've got today, uh, sharing faith talks in the New Testament about witnessing, being a witness for the Lord. Um, And uh, it's a biblical concept. Uh, At the end of Matthew, we're maybe familiar with that verse, go and make disciples. When the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. Uh, So that is what we're digging in for this morning. And I was reminded of Brian's teaching uh, a few months back. He said, in growing churches, there's a couple of things common. In growing churches right now, One of two things is common is that the leaders believe, they really believe what the Bible says. So today you're going to see a lot of that because I like to have uh, it clear in my mind why things work, how things link together, and we are going to go back first to really check what the biblical biblical narrative is before we think about sharing it in our own own situations. Um, So for those who like to have the plan, I have three points today. And they're all travel-related since we're in that season. First one, connecting with God's flight path. 
The second one is stay tuned in to avoid, avoid travel disruption. And the third one is watch out for U-turns, okay? So those are our three points. Okay, connecting with God's flight path. Um, and I've, I like to see things pictorially. So you know, we're deviating from the white and the black of Rehope, and we've gone with sort of radical purple. Is that all right? Um, and I wanted to put this up here so that we can see the main narrative of the Bible. Sometimes I think we know sharing faith is like, oh, I, I maybe wish I avoided this. I didn't, I didn't really want my faith. I didn't know this is for passing on to others, witnessing. But we can see that God has put this purpose in the Bible. This isn't a message to just hear and live out in our own lives. But there's a message that says, well, you should be a witness and show this to those around you. Okay. So I'm going to aim to go through the narrative of the Bible quickly so that we have that in the back in the, of our minds. I think we all know either the hard way or the easy way that rela relationships in this life matter. All relationships matter. And no one knew this better than God. And we see it back in the garden. In the garden of Eden, uh, he, we had right relationship with God. That is an amazing thing to think about. And that was broken. It was broken off. And then Years go by, and between the garden and the cross, there are centuries, hundreds of years. God gives us the Ten Commandments. He wants people to respond and listen through the teaching of the judges, the prophets. Um, but that ultimately did not work, and he needed to send Christ, uh, and who died on the cross. And that, that is the, the point that we get to under forgiveness. That is when our relationship with God is restored, that he can bring us back to right relationship. But he said some amazing things on the earth. We've got those verses there, which I find amazing. John 14, verse, verse 12. Whoever believes in me will also do the works I do, and greater works than these he will do, because I am going to Father. Greater works than Christ. John 16, verse 7. I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away, because then you'll get the helper, the helper who's the Holy Spirit. Okay, and... As we canter on, then we, we see Jesus at the end, just before his, uh, before his death on the cross. He said, go and make disciples. This is after his, his, his resurrection, actually, after the cross. Go and make disciples of all the earth, baptize the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And that's around about AD 33. If you like timescales, there's a number there. Um, and we're going to move on. We've got AD 33. So it, between go and Pentecost, we've really got 50 days from the resurrection of Christ. To Pentecost. So Jesus then ascended, and then we have this promise. God remembered, and He said, He gave them an order. He said, Stay in Jerusalem, and you'll receive a gift from the Father. That's Acts verse 1. And uh, we can say that this morning promise of the Father. So it's not gift from Father, promise of the Father. Do you want to repeat those words? Promise of the Father. That is what God promised us. 1 verse 4, and we go in 1 verse 8 in Acts to see what that was for. It is for us to receive the power of the Holy Spirit and for us to be his witnesses. Um, so that you will uh, yeah, be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. Okay. And then we get to, after that, around about that time, Saul comes into the scene. So God's given that he's, he's, he's poured out his Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Saul's a character we're introduced to. And then through Acts, we see the growth of the church. And lo and behold, we are here today in 2022. So I want us to see the overarching connection as we think about God's flight path, his perspective. Um, 
of where this is heading. And the biggest breakthrough the world needs is for each person to have their relationship restored with God. Okay, so as we think about witnessing, making disciples, it's really introducing people uh, to Jesus. Okay, it's that significant. I like the way Paul put it. Paul said, um, because knowing Christ is surpassing, he said, through all my life's experience, knowing Christ is, is above everything. Okay, so we take that central belief, we know it. And when we know it, we give our life to God. and We have that relationship restored. Our life is safe in Him. For this life, for eternity, we can know the peace of that. We can carry the blessing of that. So the only other thing we can do is be aware of others that we can bring with us. When we are in glory, uh, to, to witness is to, is to give the other people the opportunity, the invitation to be there too. So that's why we share faith. And uh, let's do some maths, some fun morning maths this morning, which I think can work. Fun morning maths. Um, okay, sharing faith. If each person in this room, okay, told, told someone about Jesus this month, and then that person went on to tell someone about Jesus in, in, in uh, the next month, okay, at the end of the year, 655,000 people would know about Jesus, right? If you give it another month, that would be 1.3 million, which is a lot of people, isn't it? So we can believe in the effect of us connecting God's narrative in the Bible, God's overarching plan to honoring God through this. Okay, we're going um, to do this through looking at Paul's conversion story right now. So let's, uh, let's look at Acts 9. And as we look at this story, we're going to see Paul, okay, called Saul uh, at this time, um, uber-religious guy, Jewish, doesn't believe in Jesus, doesn't, doesn't, um, he's actually uh, persecuting the church. He's seen a, a flogging of someone, a stoning of a man, Stephen, and he approved of that. Um, he's persecuting everyone who follows the way, which was what Christianity was uh, back then and, and, and uh, referred to. So he was a Pharisee. So let's read from Acts 9. Okay. Now Saul was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul said. I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. He replied, but get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the sound but seeing no one. Saul got up from the ground and though his eyes were open, he could see nothing. So they took him by the hand and led him into Damascus and he was unable to see for three days and he did not eat or drink. So this is an incredible event. I mean, talk about being stopped in your tracks, getting the lights uh, turned on. Uh, so this is the great Paul, absolutely lost, um, encounters Jesus and, and has a, a complete change in what he thinks. He spent a few years, like a season, passionately um, persecuting the church, having this strong belief running in that direction. And then he changes his mind after seeing the glory of God. And this is our first point. Paul was a religious man, but his religion was about to be exchanged for the reality of meeting Jesus as a person. 
When we meet Jesus, we are brought into a full reality. We're brought, full reality is a funny word. Brought into reality of God's place in the world, what God has done, our time on earth, eternity, things that have gone before us, God's place over the world, and our place in the world. It is reality. And, and this, okay, specific case is quite unique. Paul, um, if, if we could pray that God would reveal himself to each person, we would ask for that. We would ask that God would just reveal himself to someone as they're walking from A to B. Um, but we can pray that. We can pray that God would reveal himself to someone, reveal himself in the same way. Um, I like a prayer from Romans 8, verse 16. Um, again, Paul's writings. Um, Lord, would your spirit testify to their spirit? If we're praying for someone, if we've met someone, we're trying to witness to someone, um, we can share our testimony. But we can pray, God, would your spirit, would your Holy Spirit testify to their spirit that you are the Son of God? And, um, and then uh, that might be a starting point for you, so a prayer, and then ask that they would have the humility, humility to receive that, and humility to ask God to come into their heart. Second key point is, uh, God really cared for Paul. Okay, so Paul was persecuting the church, um, but he really cared for them. And maybe that's our starting point today. Lord, would you give me compassion? God had compassion for people around him who were lost, who didn't know him. And we know what the Bible says. The Lord ascended. It says the Lord will come back in the same way. And he will, he will judge the world. He will judge the world. And those who know him will be with him. And those who don't, uh, will be separated forever. So God has compassion. Maybe you're not aware of that need and you prefer like a comfortable form of Christianity, a safer form of Christianity right now. We all get into that headspace sometimes, but we can see from the narrative that's not in the Bible. God is over this. He has a flight path and we can remember that as we, as we live this out, we can uh, introduce people and do it in a way that introduces people back to, to that relationship with God. Okay, point two, stay tuned in to avoid travel disruption. So we're going to look from verse 10, okay? Um, this is where Ananias appears. There was a disciple in Damascus named Ananias, Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, here I am, Lord, he replied. Get up and go to the street called Straight. The Lord said to him, to the house of Judas, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, since he is praying there. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and placing his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard from many people about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has authority here from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go for this man is my chosen instrument to take my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Ananias went and entered the house. He placed his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road you were traveling has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. At once, something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Okay, I love this conversation of an Ananias, and I think it's a good example as we're thinking about sharing faith. Um, there's a big difference between how Paul responds to God and how Ananias responds. The Lord says one word, Ananias. Ananias responds straight away, here I am, Lord. 
This is a man who knew God's voice. He was regularly speaking with God. And I want to be like that. If, if, if you are doing uh, that, God will speak to you. So if we are close to God, he will uh, bring people to us. He will speak in visions. Um, is there anyone here who's had that? God's spoken to them in a vision. It might be, I'm thinking for some reason, visions at night. Visions can be any time during the day. Has anyone had God speak in that way to them? Picture, a word, uh, yeah. I, I know, um, I think there was a time in my life I thought, hmm, that might not happen, but it does. And now it happens frequently. And if it's at night, like four in the morning, three in the morning, I'll just say to God, Lord, I'm here, I'm listening. And sometimes I'll put my hands up, just God, I really intently want to hear what you're saying. And hopefully I've not woken up Shannon. Um, and I'm just like in this sort of, God, I want to hear from you. Um, so God does speak to us in that way. If we are close to God, God will speak to us in that way. Um, if the Lord is speaking to you in a vision, try to remember it. That's a tip. Write it down. Grab out your phone. Scribble it down. If you need to remember it another time, uh, pray through it. And then ask God if it's a word or a picture. And you don't quite know what it means. Say, okay, God, I think it's this. Would you explain what that means? Would you explain um, what that, that picture is or who it's for if it's a word? If it's, if it's God saying, be kind to that person at work or at school at uni and, and, and just trust God. So then we have the decision point and we see it in verse 11, rise and go. And I think, or here, get up and go. I think for me, this is where I decide, uh, God, I'm going to listen to this. Or, or sometimes I think, mm, God, I'm, I'm, I'm okay right now. So I think just be aware that when God brings us, that we can see the narrative of the Bible, we should respond to this. And God wants to do something in uh, release a blessing, release this to someone else. If I'm honest, I may don't go and sit on my hands and just stay where I am. So let's not respond that way. So when Ananias says something, though, he wants some clarification. So he says, he queries God, he hears something, but he says, eh, well, I've heard about Paul. You know, he's throwing people in jail. Uh, he's got authority, a bit of paperwork that allows him to do that. And he's persecuting the church. And I think Ananias was sensing some travel disruption, okay? So let's keep the dialogue going with God at this time. Let's pray. If we have concerns, if we have worries, let's speak back to God and speak them out and say, God, I think I'm meaning this, but if there's something in there that's like, okay, bring it back to God and ask him to give you a word over it. In verse 14, Ananias brings up the word authority, okay? This man's been given a piece of paper, and he had been, rightly. He'd been given a bit of paper from the, the people of the day to, to go and put people in jail. But I think we can remember, uh, with God, when God wants to bring someone, he wants to put a new purpose in them. And God has ultimate authority over everyone's situation. Okay, he has the ultimate authority over everyone's situation. So we can remember that. He always has the final say. God has the final say. And he gives Paul a specific job. He will carry my name. And that is an amazing, that is an amazing job for anyone. That's an amazing uh, blessing for anyone. But we have that same commission to go and we can carry the name of Jesus. So it's not a weak name. It's not a name that doesn't know the situation. It's, a, it's, it's, it's God who knows um, each person that he leads us to. Um, in verse 17, Ananias then goes. He's, he's filled with purpose, so he goes. He leaves the house. He puts his hands on Paul. He prays. Um, so I just love that response. I think God also does something really kind. In, um, or we see something of God's um, power in verse 11. 
He talks about, there's a guy from Tarsus called Saul. And he says that, and in one throwaway comment, I think it's a reminder that God knows everything about everyone. He knows where Saul's from. He knows that that was a trading town, that he was a tent maker. He worked in leather goods. Um, he knows that, that he was religious, that he didn't understand Jesus, that um, he was persecuting the church. He knew that. And I think we can know that God knows the situation of every person that he might be asking us to witness to. So he's not going to give us that file on download of like everything about that person, okay? But we can trust God. And that is part of how we should, um, that, that plays out. So I'd encourage you, if you hear something from God, be light on detail. If God's given you a word for someone, just be trusting and take that. As I say, if it's kindness, if it's inviting someone to an event at church, it's not then sitting and waiting and thinking, I don't know enough. Because really, our faith tells us that, well, we're introducing that person to God. God, I think God wants to work in your life. That's really the concept behind the whole thing. Okay, and then watch out for U-turns, okay? We're going to go to verse 19 now, 19b. So Paul, so, sorry, Saul was with the disciples in Damascus for some time. Immediately, he began proclaiming Jesus in the synagogues. He is the Son of God. All who heard him were astounded and said, isn't this the man in Jerusalem who is, who is causing ravic for those, havoc for those who called on his name and came here for the purpose of taking them as prisoners to the chief priests? But Saul grew stronger and kept confounding the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So we see this complete U-turn in Paul's life, and that's what repentance means. It means to have deep regret or remorse. And, and we see a really great illustration, I think, in the military. If someone becomes a Christian in the military, they can join the, uh, the SAJRA, which is the organization like the Christian Union. And it stands for, you might have heard of it, Soldiers and Airmen Scripture Readers Association. So what happens? If a soldier uh, comes to faith, there'll be a ceremony to celebrate that. They'll come up to the front of uh, that ceremony and say, I'm officiating that. They'll come up and they'll come to attention and they'll face that wall and they'll wait for a minute. And then they'll turn around and they'll come to attention again. And then they'll take a step forward and shake the person's hand to give them the right, the right hand of fellowship, I guess, is, but to celebrate and, and mark that occasion. And that shows the repentance and the U-turn that goes on in, in people's life. Our mind completely changes um, when, we, when we experience the reality of Jesus. So we should be expectant for that in other people's situations. Um, so let's not look at someone's current uh, trajectory of where their life is going, because we know there's going to be a U-turn. If someone looks like, well, they're maybe not interested. Uh, I, I, in, my, in my view, I think that person's life is maybe going nowhere. We know how harsh that seems to even say that, but we can judge that, and we can think that sometimes. And even someone who's got their life sorted out, if someone seems like they've got their life sorted out, I think the last couple of years has shown us that that is not a safe place, and, and really that person might just be living in their form of reality, and they don't know and see that God is there. Paul was an example of that. He was a motivated guy. He was moving around the region of the Middle East, bringing people to the purpose that he believed in. He was able to get permits off people in authority. He was purposely going to Damascus, and then he changed the direction of his life. So he did two years of persecuting the church, and then we have all the books of the New Testament that basically say, 
he served the Lord for another 30 years. And that is um, all documented. And I know that if we ask Paul now, what do you think he'll say? Even though there's hardship, even though there's suffering, was it worth it? I know, we know for a fact that Paul would say it was worth it. He didn't want to be left in that state where he did not know God. So when we see the reality of Jesus, we ditch our life. Um, he, um, he changed his mind. This world needs to know about U-turns, that U-turns are possible, that they're okay. It's okay to have a U-turn, to come right back from where you are, right into God's lane and what he wants for that person's life. I think this is, the world has a message over this right now, and I think it goes along the line of, okay, if your life's not working out, you know, take some time out, redefine yourself. Um, yeah, maybe go and get some self-help. Um, but really behind that is not a, a response that fixes the problem. It doesn't lead us back to the relationship that's broken um, and, and what God, what we know from the Bible as being central, that our, right, our relationship is restored. I think it leads to solid loneliness. I think it leads to inward looking. Um, and yeah, um, we don't want anyone to be isolated um, if we can be part of, of, of extending that invitation to them. Okay, so we should have that mindset as Christians. Don't get put off by someone's current life situation or where they, they are at. Let's be expectant for U-turns. Okay, so maybe it's time to think about our life and where we're at and we can insert our context here. Um, whether you're at work during the week, whether you're at school, whether you're surrounded by, um, yeah, mums, neighbours, colleagues, and bring that to God. Ultimately, there are, I think if we have this belief, if we know how God powerfully has set this narrative up and it keeps going after Acts 9, it keeps going to now, that he wants to invite people back to that relationship with him. You know, we can apply that in our context. There's so many ways that are great to, to just bring that into people's view, invite them to, to, to events at church. Web content is so good right now. You know, people are looking at their phones all the time. Links to services, links to any of the things going on at our church. Like a worship song that's powerful that you think might speak to them. Evangelists, YouTube content. Um, J. John is a guy I like to listen to and would recommend sharing his content um, with anyone you know. Getting involved in church activities, there's Alpha. We've just had Renderfest, which is really about sharing faith with young people, which is amazing. Um, the U.S. mission is on right now. That's an opportunity to take part, grow with others. And then some from our church were at the SEND conference recently in Norway, which was a commissioning of, of people all around Europe uh, to go out on mission uh, and do that more in a yeah, uh, yeah, more bold way. So... And sometimes it's one-on-one -on -one and having conversations with friends. I spoke with a Christian this week who said when they were growing up, they saw Christians who were born again, and they didn't really, the term was a bit confusing. They didn't really understand what it meant. But they knew that the Christians were, seemed really alive and there was something attractive about that. But they didn't know how to get it. And they were around, they were going to church, and it wasn't until someone sat down with them and explained it from the parables, explained it from um, John 3, how we can be born again. And, and that is a role that I think that God wants, to, God wants to use us for as well. And it's, yeah, if you feel God is speaking to you in that way, I encourage you to do that. Okay. One great thing uh, we can see in verse 19, just a reminder, um, 
Paul spent some days with the disciples, that's what it says, before he went to synagogue. Find a place where you can get encouragement. When we're around Christians, we do get encouraged, don't we? Fellow Christians, worship, reading the Bible, coming to church. It's important not to neglect that. And then do it in your context. Our context isn't the synagogue. Mine isn't the synagogue. It's, that was Paul's. He was speaking there every week. So let's not disconnect really and thinking, oh, that sounds way out of where I'm at if we have a different context that we can, that we can bring before God. And then over Paul's situation, we just remember that word suffering that he had. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. That was earlier in the first passage. So we're not being called to, to Paul's life. We're being called to follow Christ. And I think there's a picture that might help us with perspective with that. And it's, it's again a bit like a timeline, and I'm going to use both walls in this church to sort of help play this out. If we think about the truth of the Bible, it teaches us about eternity. I think most people think, if we don't know the Lord, we think, mm, we've probably got all this time on earth, and that's all I've got. So that might be three score years and ten, which is a term you might have. I think that means 70 years. It might be shorter, it might be longer. But we think our life should be crammed into that period. Let's say, let's say it's the width of this lectern, to put this into time, space, dimension, sort of practical, uh, uh, sort of metric. Okay, so if someone's life lasts from there to there, we think we need to cram everything that we want out of this life into that. That's not reality. Um, God is a God of eternity. He's made us for eternity. So if we think now about a time scale that lasts between that wall and that wall, God was before. We respond to God in this life. Eternity is forever. It's a very long time. So really, in that period, maybe our life is like the width of my finger. It's actually maybe even less. And I think if we think like the world, if we really think with that mindset, which is cultural right now, we have to cram it all into this life. But God is going gonna, is gonna to bring us into eternity the verse we read earlier was at the ascension. Jesus went back into heaven. There were two angels that then appeared to the disciples and said, why are you still looking up into heaven? God is going to come back in the same way that he's gone up. And he reminded them that the Holy Spirit was going to, was going to help them. God will come back. That's what the Bible says. And for judgment. And we need to remember that we can be carriers of that. Um, and that is why um, we share our faith. That is why um, uh, God has asked us to be, to be witnesses. So let's do that. Let's do it out of joy because he has restored our relationship with him. Let's remember that fundamentally. And let's do it prayerfully and with boldness as we carry the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, so a couple of things just to recap. Connecting with God's flight path. We can know sharing faith fulfills God's purpose. If we stay tuned in, stay tuned in to avoid disruption. So we rise and go. We keep praying listening and speaking up about what worries we have or what we want to speak back to God and get clarity on. And watch out for U-turns, so be expectant. Uh, let's commit to do it and with God-given boldness and joy, okay? So some challenges for this week. Um, pray and ask God to give you compassion for those around you, okay? That, where your heart's at, if you know you need God to just give you that heart of compassion, let's pray for that. You can pray for that this week. Spend time doing that. Ask God for boldness and ask God for opportunities to share your faith. Like Ananias, keep praying along the way, especially over anything that's holding you back. Bring it back to God. 
And then the next one I didn't put on there. It's that idea of God's flight path. It's, it's, it, it, there's big reasons in there um, for knowing God, that he's called us to this work. And if you need to spend time just getting that into your knower, getting that into a place where you really believe that and it's part of your core belief, then do that. I encourage you to spend time doing that. It's great truth. It's a great motivation um, over other priorities and, and life's busyness. So church, I'm just going to pray and then we're going to move, move on to time of response. Lord, we just bless you that you're the God who didn't see us just in our brokenness and, and away from you, but you, you came down to have our relationship with you restored. You were compassionate to our situation. Lord, we don't just want that to stop there, that we just receive that. We want to be faithful uh, to you. We want that when you come back, that we would be the ones who were witnesses for you. We were the, we were the ones uh, that went and shared and told. In the context that you put us, Lord, help us. Uh, we just receive your Holy Spirit. We don't do this alone. Uh, we do this together. And we just thank you uh, that you go before us in all things. Um, thank you, Father. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.